0: You're listening to 2.23am with Dr. Christine McDougall. Are you ready for a new kind of success and fulfillment? End the silent struggle. Join us as Dr. Christine McDougall speaks to successful, high-achieving men as they share their journey towards a more fulfilling and sustainable life and business and discover the better alternative. It's 2.23am and the life of your future is calling.
1: Today on the podcast, meet Casey Lyons, a 29-year-old former carpenter turned co-founder of Australian nationally recognized not-for-profit charity, Livin, that's spelled L-I-V-I-N. Livin was founded in honor of Casey's best friend, Dwayne Lally, who sadly took his life after living in silence with a mental illness. Livin is all about living your life at the top and breaking the stigma of mental health connecting, supporting, and encouraging one another to talk about their feelings and challenges because it ain't too weak to speak. Casey and Sam, the two co-founders of Livin, just won the Gold Coast Social Entrepreneurs of the Year Award. Casey was a speaker at Big Blue Sky in 2016. In this episode, we discuss suicide and suicide prevention, vulnerability, strength, power, impending fatherhood, daily habits, and much more. Please enjoy this episode. Hello. Casey. How are you? I am really well. How are you?
2: I'm great. Thank you.
1: That's good. Thank you for joining me.
2: No, no, no. My pleasure. I'm sorry about our little confusion.
1: That's all right. Confusion is all good. I did
2: not receive a text message.
1: (laughs) That's okay. So um, we are, I'm uh, convening conversations with uh, remarkable men to discuss what it means to be a man in today's world.
2: Okay, I feel privileged.
1: <laughs> you feel privileged. So let's start with that. Let's start with that question and, uh, and then we'll unpack some of the experiences that you've had and how has it affected you and, and what you're doing and so on. What does it mean to be a man today for you?
2: Well, for me, I suppose it's, well, how do you answer that? It's, um, <laughs> uh, I suppose it starts with, with being yourself um and being vulnerable uh, yes. being, being an honest representation for yourself oh, sorry of yourself yes um, and and standing up for for what you believe in I suppose that's it in its simplest form
1: yes yes and, and so so do you realize that that's quite an unusual um that, that's quite an unusual response being vulnerable and an honest representation of yourself if you were if it was ten years ago, would you have that same answer
2: um, Well, it's kind of hard for me to answer that because i've I've always sort of been like this um, okay uh, you know vulnerability is something that I try and become more more aware of um, but I'd like to say that i that I have always been honest and if you know if I don't know the answer to something, I put my hand up and I ask for for help so i mean in turn I believe that is that is a form of vulnerability as well
1: yeah sure and so so uh, you've done this all your life as far as you can remember you've've you've, you've had you've had peace and comfort with not knowing the answer putting your hand up asking for help
2: uh, yeah sometimes obviously that that does come with embarrassment um, and you do try and hide it but I, I learned quite early on through I used to be uh, an apprentice carpenter and if you didn't um, put your hand up and ask for help you could you know, maybe cut that hand off. Right. Through not, not doing the right thing. So, yeah, you, you learnt from, you know, yeah, there were some things that you wanted to learn and find out yourself, but for the most part, you didn't want to, you know, you're working on people's homes and you didn't want to ruin. So, yeah, I, I think I learnt from an early age to, it's always better to to ask if you don't know.
1: Is, is there anything that you would feel, at this stage of your life, is there anything that you would feel uncomfortable about asking for?
2: No, not particularly. I'm. Um, I suppose through the work that I do, and and the fact that we preach vulnerability and and openness and and communication, I suppose I would have to to then live that myself. Otherwise, um, I'm a bit of a hypocrite.
1: <laughs> yes, very nicely said. So, so you you were you had recently. I, I know that there was an anniversary just recently. Uh, but t- tell me how you got to what you're doing now, which is part of the leading co-founding this organisation called Livin.
2: Yeah, well, we started uh, in tragic circumstances back in 2013, uh, September 15th of 2013. We lost my best friend, uh, Dwayne Lally, to a suicide. Uh, he lived with depression and bipolar for a number of years, and. The stigma kept him quiet and and it made him feel different, um, which then yeah, stopped him from reaching out and, and getting help you know he he did um, get some help at times, but he just never felt right with getting that help. Uh, he felt different and he felt weird so uh, after his passing, we were confronted by shocking statistics that surrounded both mental health uh sorry mental illness and mental ill health in this country and and suicide and we wanted to. To do something about that, and there are plenty of people suffering in silence, and then there's also plenty of great service providers. So we wanted to to connect the two and in, empower people along, along their journey. So yeah, well, now we go around the country educating uh, in schools, you know, sporting clubs, businesses, the very basics of of the mental health world: where to go for help, how to help yourself, how to help others. Yeah, and then make them feel comfortable and empowered on that journey.
1: Right. I- and so did you uh, – your friend's name again, i just make sure I've got it correct. Dwayne Lally. Dwayne. And so so when um, – w- were you aware of Dwayne's suffering?
2: Yeah, I was. Dwayne and I, we met first day of grade one. We had a very open friendship where we, we confided in each other with pretty much everything. Uh, his parents knew, his, his sister knew, but – oh, sorry, and he's um, on and off – girlfriend of the time knew but not many other people knew Uh, he didn't know how to to tell them he had a hard time putting it into words
1: okay and and so you first day grade one was this something that that he was aware of at that stage or is it something that sort of developed later on
2: no i'd say it developed uh early 20s okay early 20s um Yes, and it was very hard for people to, to know or to notice anything and change with him. He was always the guy with the big smile on his face. He was always the guy going out of his way to make other people feel good and always the life of the party, as, as people often say. So uh, very, very hard for him to offer anyone to notice that he might have been struggling um, and, and he did a good job of hiding it as well
1: right and so what when um prior to his suicide how did it how how was your relationship with him how how did it affect you being engaged with that did you feel like you had the skill set or um yeah how was that experience for you
2: at the time i didn't have the greatest understanding of of you know what exactly he was going through and and i'll never understand what he went through because each person experiences and, and what they go through are completely different to the next person. Uh, but yeah. for me, I just, I just did whatever I had to do. If he needed me, I was there um, and, and vice versa. Whenever I needed him, he was there. And it didn't matter if that was two in the morning, three in the morning, but um, you know, it's just the friendship we had. And I was very lucky to have a, a best friend like him. Uh, whenever, whenever we needed each other, we were always there. And I suppose when I knew a little bit about what was going on, uh, yeah, it just increased that that um, openness and that that want or that will to be near each other at all times.
1: Right, and so in an exploring, um, in exploring and and the experience that you've had in the last um, bunch of years as a result of this. Do you find it common or uncommon? Have you had the experience of uh, men being open and vulnerable with each other, supporting at the level that you had with Dwayne, or, or do you do you recognise that that might have been an unusual experience?
2: I think it's more common than we know about. Uh, okay. I think a lot of people are are probably that they they're more open to sort of you know uh sharing information with us uh then than the other person so yeah I, I do believe it happens more often than not but um we still do have a long way to go as a as a culture or as a as a generation even
1: Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and so, as a result of uh, his his um, his suicide, you've you've then invested pretty much your life into supporting support supporting people to not make these choices or get the support that they need. Um, it, 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 that, that's a pretty big decision. That was this was a pretty profound profound uh, experience for you.
2: Oh, it ripped my heart out and, and completely turned my, my life upside down. And, you know, it doesn't get any easier uh, not having Dwayne here. I got married yeah. earlier in the year and, you know, he wasn't standing there beside me. I'm having a baby early next year and, you know, he won't be there the first person to see my baby. And these these things do eat at me. And, and vice versa, I won't be at his wedding and I won't get to see his kids. And these are all things that we spoke about. Um, but... Yeah the transition from what we were doing to what we're doing now was very i don't think i had much time to think about it i think in in some weird way he pretty much told me this is what i was doing and and i was okay with it straight away because i well we didn't want any family to go through you know what his family have gone through what he went through and, and you know what his friends have since gone through
1: right so, how do you? What do you do, Casey? That that uh, on the days that you're you're not in a particularly happy place, what are your strategies?
2: Oh, for me, it it, it all depends on the day and, and and what I want to do that day. Being honest and, and vulnerable once again. Um, I got a beautiful wife who's very open, and uh, we we've, we've got a great connection. Um, she's been a great support for me. Uh, Then for me, golf is a great outlet. Uh, I'm not a great golfer, but just getting out of the surroundings I'm in and into outside, got the sun, I'm doing something that I'm I'm completely present on um, rather than, you know, I'm not in my head then. I'm just trying to get that little ball in that little hole and I might not be good at it and it might take me a little bit longer than some people, but at least that's what I'm focusing on and not, you know, all the other troubles or other queries that are happening uh and then another great one for me has been meditation um and, and just morning routines so i like to start my day Well, sorry i make sure i start my day by walking along the beach um to a podcast or i talk with my wife if she, if she wants to join me if it's a bit warmer i go for a swim and i come home and i'll have a cold chair and that's how i start my days
1: right okay and so there's a consistency about that sort of ha- that morning routine that keeps you Uh, keeps your I I liken it to you wake up you put your two feet on the ground and there's this thing that you do next
2: yeah well (laughs) I can have it yeah definitely and and it's it's one of the very few things that you can control through the day uh, yeah because the whole day could go to crap after that but at least I've I've done this one thing right and and to go one further uh, and I don't do it every day because sometimes my wife beats me to it but a good one for me is making the bed because I could go to work that day and everything else has gone to shit, but I can come home and um, I at least started my day with an achievement and that was making my bed.
1: Right. And there's been quite a lot of, of talk about the power of of getting get, getting some of those um, boxes ticked just in your own personal space as a, as a way to ground uh, a better quality of day
2: definitely i learned a fair bit of it through reading numerous books but one for me that was great was um Tools of Titans uh, by Tim Ferriss where he sort of interviewed a lot of people from around the world and spoke about their techniques and their rituals and you know I took a little bit from each person and and I said, that's life uh what works for one person doesn't work for the next and it's all about finding what works for you and what what fits into you and uh running with it
1: yeah it, it, and that is a really important piece isn't it 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 has to it has to be something that that nourishes and nurtures you uh and and because we all have very completely different lifestyles very very different environments here, where we live here it's very easy to get up every morning and go outside it's not necessarily in other places um so easy and uh, so it's 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 really choosing things that nourish and nurture you at a really deep level uh, versus um overlaying somebody else's rules or ideas on top of you and hoping that they'll work
2: 100 percent, and that can really obviously we, we deal with a lot of um mental illness or or even just you know people going through stressful times in their life and they come to us asking where they can go for help and it, it's 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 very hard because you and I could go see the same psychologist and have a completely different experience yeah but it's all about finding that right fit we you know we don't stay in relationships or we don't even start relationships with people we don't get along with so why should we go see a psychologist or doctor or or psychiatrist that we don't get along with there are there are people out there that you will get along with and you need to be patient and find the right fit because they are there but just about finding what works for you
1: yeah, I, and that is very important. I was speaking to um, my uh, good friend, Jim Breen from Ireland who has Cycle Against Suicide. I was actually speaking to him early today and uh, about this very topic that uh, when you put your hand up for help and you need professional help, uh, that it has to be somebody that is able to be a strong and um, appropriate guide for your particular personhood.
2: Definitely we we yeah. always recommend professional support and professional help even when you don't feel like you need it or as though you need it but you know more important the the sort of the first factor to that is finding the right fit for you
1: yeah 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 and there's some perseverance required around that it- so, just a, a couple of points on that. How do you recommend to your, the people that you you come across in your day to day that they they go about that? Is there a sort of protocol that you offer them? Um, is it um, interviewing um, a professional? You know, uh, what's the recommendation around that for you?
2: Even that is a is a that's a, it's a complex answer. It's an easy question, yeah. but a complex answer, and that could be uh, a whole different. Uh, an array of different reasons, um, location, accessibility, uh, and, and it, it comes back to yeah, accessibility, um, where these people are and, and, and then what sort of help they're looking for. Uh, these days you can get help, you know, face to face, uh, over the phone, internet, um, group therapy. There's a whole different, uh, array of options to people these days. and. It, it's definitely patience and pointing the right tip. But always a great place to start is with your local GP uh and that can help point you in the right direction.
1: Right. Okay. But the the key point that you're making there is that uh stay at it uh until you find somebody that you really feel is going to to be the right person for you.
2: One hundred percent and and oftentimes I was speaking to someone at lunch today and, and he, he spoke to me about you know, the first person he went and saw he knew straight away that connection wasn't there and he said that wasn't my ego putting walls up. He said I just didn't have that connection, but the next person I went to straight away I had that connection, and it felt as though the weight of the world had come off of my shoulders and and that started that healing process for him
1: okay great you you raise a really strong point there, which is that that that's that feeling that it is it is really going to help you there's a sort of a, a solid ground feeling uh, that this will make a difference
2: definitely. I suppose a lot of that comes back to what I keep harping on about is vulnerability. You've got to check the ego in and and leave that behind. Because you know, as long as we stay in the ego, it's very hard to get that help that is out there because you, your walls are up. Um, dropping the ego and being a little bit vulnerable is a is a great place to start or, or a great place to be to get that help.
1: It's, but that's 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 not a, necessarily an easy thing for people to do.
2: Hundred <laughs> we, percent. We,
1: we've built we've built a lifetime of of walls and barriers and and, and protection mechanisms and, and, ego. So on. <laughs> and ego and ego. And so, how would you have you got uh, strategies for determining whether it's kind of ego out of control or it's your real vulnerable, honest self?
2: For me personally, I think it's self awareness. But with other people, it's hard for me to determine. I'm not a I'm not a psychologist myself and it'd be very hard for me to speculate, but yeah, for me, it's, it it comes back to self-awareness and, and, and I suppose I'm a little bit more open to it than than the next person, because I I deal with it day in day out. I, I, I realize how important vulnerability is.
1: Yes. Yes. And so, so let's, let's talk about uh, because, there is definitely a piece to vulnerability which is exposure there's an there's an unsafe feeling to being vulnerable definitely yeah and and so in in a world where we're still to this day uh, boys are raised to be strong um, not cry not be vulnerable uh, not express their emotions uh, this is—it's not an—it's not an easy thing to break down. Um, so, if I just circle back to you, as a young child, it sounds like from the very beginning, this was that you were—you had um, a degree of safety in your upbringing to be uh, vulnerable and emotive.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how that came out. Maybe I was a little bit uh, not soft um, as <laughs> the way people would think about it, but. I, I always showed my emotions. I always wore my heart on my sleeve. So I suppose that was just an extension of that.
1: Did Did you suffer from that at all? Did you get? Was, did you experience any form of bullying for doing that?
2: No, no, no. Huh. And for Very me, it, it wasn't every day, and it wasn't every every moment something happened. I suppose it was just, yeah, oh, yeah. Very. Another thing that's hard for me too is to. When After Dwayne's passing, one of the the negative things for me was everything since and even before is a bit of a blur for me. Um, I'm still still trying to get back to the part of working through and getting back into my memory and my memories. Sometimes certain things trigger memories. They don't have to be anything to do with Dwayne or anything. Just certain memories come back to me. But I used to have a great memory before Dwayne's passing. And since his passing, my memory has been somewhat terrible.
1: Oh really? Wow. Yep. Yeah. I'm. I, I'm hoping that you've spoken to someone about that.
0: Oh, it, it's
2: a. It's a work in progress. Um, it's something I, for a while, not ignored. I didn't want to believe. I suppose is the right term, and it kind of got to the point where I needed to do something about it,
1: yeah. or or wanted yeah.
2: to do something about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and so, so if we sort of circle back to how how do you see. People in your current working experience are showing up with ego that might stop them from actually making the progress that they would most want to make.
2: We definitely see that still. Um, It it, it takes them a little bit of time um, to gain that comfort to become open, vulnerable, and honest. Uh, But most of the time, they do come around because the longer or as long as they're resistant that change, um, is, is, you know, it's going to stop them or prevent them from getting the help that they need, the proper help. Okay.
1: Right, right. And, and so behind that sort of protection mechanism and, and the, the uh, I'm okay, I've got it together sort of stance uh, is somebody who's in quite a lot of pain and suffering, emotional pain and suffering.
2: Definitely. Well, most times, yes.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, and you could, we could even talk about the, a, a lot of times our, our, our harsh ego exterior, uh, that we have learnt to lead into the world is, uh, is, has been built as a protection mechanism for so many instances. So for example, the, the bullying in the playground, we might develop this, Macho type of persona, uh, because it's a protection mechanism.
2: One hundred percent, and ego is probably something that's been instilled in us. Days of the caveman. um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As as a protection, uh, you know, for us.
1: Yes. So, so you're about to become, or not that far away, to become a father.
2: Yes. True. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we
2: had our twelve weeks scan this morning actually
1: oh very exciting very exciting so so how's how's that uh feeling for you to this 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 sort of next step of your life being oh, a responsible person for another human
2: it's exciting it's scary um I suppose this is vulnerability at its finest now okay uh as you said, I'm now responsible for another person, and not just myself. And and my wife, I suppose, she's responsible for herself. But at at some degree, you know, we're responsible for each other. But now we're responsible for for someone that completely relies on us. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's very exciting.
1: Okay, are you doing anything sort of to prepare yourself for that, or are you just you're just going with it?
2: Uh, I've I've bought a few books, or we've bought a few books. Uh, but I suppose, from you know, talking to our friends that are, you know, around the same age who are first-time parents, they they let us know that there is nothing that you can read or hear that will prepare you, and it's pretty much jumping in the deep end and learning on the go.
1: Okay, very nice. <laughs> I think that's very wise advice. <laughs> oh,
2: and I understand because there are, there are books and there are you know there are certain things that you can and can't do but sometimes that all goes out the window when your baby's crying and and um I've made a mess of itself yeah.
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> and 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 you realize in the heat of the moment that that your anger and frustration and so on is uh is uh not quite as uh, Warranted. You're not quite as you're not quite as emotionally intelligent as you thought you were.
2: Ah, hundred percent. I'm. I've always loved kids. I've always been. Um, you know, I've always liked to interact with them and, and whatnot. But I suppose it's a little bit different now than it's our kid. I can't just give that kid back when it when it decides to turn feral. Uh, <laughs> that's when I've got to interact a little bit more. And um, yeah, very very excited.
1: Okay. Very nice. Well, you, you and I—I'll I, give you the heads up that you might be the one that turns feral, not—not not the child. Oh, I can,
2: I can foresee that already. <laughs>
1: okay. So, 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 tell me, um, a, a couple of questions that I ask fairly generally of people: What does it mean for you to be strong?
2: Uh, um. <sighs> Be strong. Okay. Um I I just sound like a broken record. For me, (laughs) strength. Strength is putting your hand up and 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 asking for help when you need it. And I believe that there is strength in that because the moment you put your hand up is the moment you can start getting that help that you need. And from time to time, we all need help or we all need guidance. And I believe it it takes courage and strength to put your hand up and ask for help in you know in some instances and admit that you are wrong uh, so yeah I suppose it's it's being honest uh, living with integrity um, and just just trying to set that example for the people around you. Um, I believe that you know that that is strength for me okay. and and just really staying true to to what your core values are as a person, even if that disagrees to everyone around you just stay true to what it is you feel and Mm -hmm. um to me that's that's great strength
1: very very nicely said so what about power what's power mean to you
2: it's power it's not something i really like to think about i to me power power is ego and um i try and stay away from ego um to me ego isn't real uh, and power can be just a a false sense of or a false <laughs> just the way you're looking at things because pa- power could mean something completely different to the next person
1: I I, and I I would like to unpack this just a little bit more because power there's different forms of power there is power over you have power over somebody uh, and um but there is also your own inner resourcefulness of being, um, and it's an overused word at the moment. Empowered, but it is being being uh, solid and strong and vulnerable and whole and together in your own identity.
2: Yeah, well, in that sense, I definitely. It, I suppose that works hand in hand with, with you know, my my uh, answer to strength. Um,
1: okay. Okay.
2: That inner All power. Right. I, I got quite sick last year, and I suppose that, that, was, that ended up being serotic arthritis, and, and that, was, that came about because I was doing everything opposite to what I was preaching. Um, I was neglecting my own self-care, which, you know, we, we always say that is the number one care. Um, you can't mm-hmm. help anyone else if you don't help yourself first. And I was neglecting that. I was working a lot. I was stressing even more. Um, and in the end, my body pretty much just said, well, if you're not going to do what you tell other people to do, well, we'll make you do it. so for me power is now having that that control over myself and and how I react to certain things and how I let certain things affect me or don't affect me and um yeah that all comes from the strength
1: okay great so so you had this exterior well it was an interior experience but you had the psoriatic arthritis which uh was so debilitating uh as a as a as a kind of um a medicine to have you attend to your own self-care as a practice.
2: It was a bitter pill to swallow.
1: A bitter pill to swallow. It was. Well, Well, it it could, I guess it could have been worse, but as somebody who is really uh, the figurehead uh, role model for uh, living moving living in life being fully engaged with life uh you I, I think you're absolutely right self-care is the is the number one and and if you're not doing that uh then then it makes it very hard for anybody to really listen to you
2: a hundred percent and it, it does come back to that setting of the example you know i might be saying one thing but if i'm visually deteriorating i lost 20 kilos and got to the point where i could barely walk or talk and my, my message doesn't hold much weight if, you know, what I'm saying and what I'm actually doing don't line up. So, yes, um, definitely had to reassess what I was actually doing with myself. And it was quite hard for me. I'm, I like to be quite active and um, outdoors. And at one stage, yeah, we, we didn't have any answers. I didn't actually know what was happening. I just felt as though my body was shutting down. But um, once, once we found out and got back, well, slowly getting back on track,
1: Okay. Very good. Well, very good. It, 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 uh, sounds like a painful, but valuable lesson.
2: Yeah, definitely. There was a, there were a few quick fixes that I could have had, but I didn't want to go down that route. Um, uh, and I've definitely taken, taken the many valuable lessons out of it.
1: Very good. Very nice. And, and I'm sure that you will, it'll require you to stay vigilant to that.
2: Oh, ongoing. Definitely. I have to now. I, I, I never want to get back to that stage. Um, where I could I could, my wife used to have to pick me up out of bed dress me like the first three four hours after waking were pretty pretty tough to get through um yeah. don't ever want to get back to that stage
1: okay very good so tell me about your your own personal experience with shame
2: oh uh, there's nothing that really springs to front of mind when when that it, questions asked for me there's definitely been shame throughout my life there's there's probably been things that I'm not proud of um but there's nothing or no particular event or moment that I can yeah um talk about I I try not to have any regrets from okay I um though you know back when back when I was playing rugby league and you do the wrong thing, I I, I would get shameful. But I suppose a lot of that is is ego once again. Um, And now I just try to, if I make a mistake, I try not to get too ashamed of it. I try to learn from that rather.
1: Okay. Uh, So it sounds to me that you have reconciled some of your past actions because I, I don't know that there is any human that's walking the earth that hasn't done something that they could look at and blush from well, that's might be the woman's response, but get hot under the collar from some level of shame.
2: Oh, no, that like I said, there's definitely things I've done in, in my past, I just can't think of the, any of those right now. Okay, um, <laughs> that
1: you
2: know, there's and there's always, there's always things that you're not going to be proud of, but for me, I try not to think about those. I. As in the the negatives attached, just the positives of of the lesson that you would have learnt from that shame or or that I don't know guilt, if that's the right word.
1: Yeah, that well, they usually they usually go hand in hand in hand. So so the so I could I could possibly interpret that as in two ways. I could interpret that as your. You're giving yourself a field of focusing on the stuff that you really can do things about, and uh, and uh, not allowing the shame to take to occupy territory in your psyche, so to speak. Um, or and or um, that you have found within your journey the capacity for self forgiveness.
2: Yeah, definitely a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Um... Okay. <laughs> For me, when you're stuck reflecting on, on shame and guilt, you stay there. You get stuck in that moment, whereas if you try to move past it, uh, you learn from it um, and you can go on and do better and bigger things.
1: Okay, great. And, and, and so, so what about forgiveness? What about that? Uh, have, are there are areas that you have consciously uh, created uh, a field of forgiveness for yourself. Forgiveness and self-compassion. Compassion.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, very early days. And I wouldn't have been the only one to do this, and I really do not want to take away from anyone else that, that um, you know, shared this with me. But there were times where I blamed myself for, for you know, what happened with Dwayne. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't there the night it happened, and I was with him every other night. And, you know, you start, in a way, blaming yourself. But that takes away from, from Dwayne. That takes away from, from everyone else. And for me... Um that was eating at me and I yeah, I quickly learned that it was not my fault. Um it, it's it's just something that yeah, once I let let go of that, it that's when the healing began.
1: Okay. All right. So there was so, so when you say it takes away from Dwayne, what what did you mean by that? Uh if well, you were focusing on this?
2: Well, Dwayne made a decision that night and, yes, if he had his time over, he would change it. He would never, have, you know, unfortunately he can't, you know, go back and and change that decision. But that was a decision he made in that moment and um, I can't take anything away from him for that. Um, That was his decision. And by me saying I could have done this, I could have done that or I should have done this, it takes away from that very moment. (laughs) And Yeah, I'd love to take away from it, but the simple fact of the matter is I can't go back and change time.
1: Um, yeah,
2: yeah, and unfortunately, what has happened has happened. And um, but when when you're blaming yourself and and guilt for yourself, or or, or I never blamed him. That was, that was never in my in my mind anything to do. You just can't heal. You 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 resent. Um, you dislike yourself, and it's just not good.
1: Okay, so so you you one one of your first major significant lessons in this journey uh, was to realize that that you blaming yourself was not going to uh, do anything other than create toxic a toxic self-relationship and so there was that field of forgiveness
2: yeah definitely and that that blame or guilt was never me you know just it, it was there but it was not the whole thing that was there that was just one of the many emotions and i suppose anyone that you know anyone with a that has survived or been through what we've all been through would feel the same way it, it, to some degree everyone that has experienced this would feel at least some bit guilty or at least some bit you know, how what could have i done there's always those unanswered questions that go along with suicide yeah yeah
1: yeah and so um do you have uh do you have uh a close relationship with your parents
2: yeah, very good. Very good. Close relationship with my parents. Uh, and I'm also very lucky. I've got a great um, relationship, and oh, it's a bit more than the relationship. Their family to me—that's Dwayne's family, especially okay. his, his mum, dad, and, and his sister.
1: Okay, all right. So it was really, it was really a very integrated sort of like crows second family, so to speak.
2: Oh, definitely. They they knew me since yeah, as I said earlier, first day, of grade one, and um you know we played sport together we did everything together so they definitely helped raise me in in (laughs) if i wasn't at mum and dad's or or somewhere i was definitely with them
1: yeah very nice lovely and so what do you if uh if i can ask you don't have to answer this question but what what are the things that you're most challenged by currently
2: personally or on a on a um, work type level.
1: Both. All, any or all of the above?
2: Uh, well, I'm most challenged by, by my health still. That's still there. Yes. Um, that's definitely a work in progress. And that was, that was a choice we made. We chose to go the, the long route. Um, stigma in, in work life is still there. The stigma associated with mental illness and and suicide is still there. And it's something that will probably be here for a while. We'll do our best to to keep eradicating that. Uh, and, and I suppose they're the the two biggest ones. So, same as, a, y- yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's that's it. I suppose.
1: Uh, so you were just being a you were saying you were about to say. Oh, something. I was just
2: going to say be a good role model, but it's not really hard or, or a challenge. It's just. Making sure that I, I, I continually do that. Yeah, it, it,
1: it, there is a it, 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 it's it's refined. I think I think my experience of role model is that you you do one thing and then you realise that you've got to go to another level. <laughs> so it's <laughs> there's refinement and nuance that occurs around being a role model that yeah, that, def- is, it, that is endless. Yeah,
2: the uh, world's always evolving and changing. So I suppose yes. So. Yeah uh we as as people and, and human beings
1: yeah so tell me about the stigma your experience of the stigma the stigma around uh mental health and suicide currently because this and this is not just this is just not an australian thing this is a global thing
2: that's global thing and i suppose it's real um from a very young age we're not we're not taught about you know mental health or, or mental ill health We're we're taught about physical health we're taught about you know if something's wrong go to the doctor yeah but I suppose we're, we're kind of when it's anything to do with the mental side, it's uh it's a she'll be right. Yeah. suck it up or or move on. I've dealt with something harder or, or or I've dealt with something worse, and this all adds to the stigma. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it, it's it's still real, um, and I believe it. It just comes with education because that that's what creates understanding. Right. And with that understanding comes you know compassion and and help, you know, get people on their journey to help.
1: Right. Uh, it, but this is not just a, a journey that applies to people. I mean, pretty much every human goes through some form of mel- mental health crisis. This is not an isolated, isolated no, to not. a select category. <laughs>
2: Statistics say that one in yeah, 50% of people will experience some form of mental illness in their life, lifetime. Well,
1: but less than half
2: will access support.
1: Okay. All right. And I would probably say that, that statistics are wrong and that it's that, that, uh, uh, that we all have some form of, uh, mental health crisis. It can be short term and resolve quickly. One but it, it, I don't think anyone is left unscarred from, from, it. and I'm going to put this, this, I'm going to sort of say it's, it's mental, emotional, spiritual, sort of crisis it's it's a crisis of identity of of being of questioning who we are in the world and why we're here and purpose and meaning and uh relevance and um um, adequacy all of these things (laughs) this is the human condition in my opinion (laughs) it's it's it's, something
2: we battle with every day
1: yeah absolutely and so you know i would say um, mental health and, and, you know, maybe language is really important. Uh, that may be where part of the stigma is that we're we're looking at it as as kind of like the the human as a machine and the brain, the mental aspect is just a, a part of the machine, whereas whereas. I'm sure you probably, from your experience with Twain, realised that that it wasn't just his brain experience, it was his whole being experience, his existence and his relevance and, and so on in engaging with, with the world.
2: Yeah, definitely. It, it does play a, a, a role. Um, we, we, we all have mental health, um, whether that be good mental health or, or ill mental health. And, and we sit on that continuum and we can go up and down that continuum you know daily <laughs> hourly yes. or or it could just be you know once in your lifetime
1: yeah yeah, and so so when we're talking about unraveling the stigma, it's actually um, it's not so much normalizing it's it's a, a creating a field of acceptance that that our human experience is uh, not going to be the uh, the Instagram perfect.
2: Oh, good old Instagram. <laughs> the it's Instagram
1: a, perfect life, the the glossy, shiny, beautiful Rolls-Royce existence uh, that, that, um, that, because you, you're you not going to find many people showing the shitty part of life in their no, social not. media.
2: Um, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, I suppose. Social media does have a big role to play in everyone's mental health because it's 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 created this i want it now type mentality we you know we've got these phones and we see people with with whatever they've got and we want or we expect to have that right away without actually working for it or or deserving to get it um, but
1: it, but it also propagates a, a story or an illusion or a fantasy about another person's life. It doesn't. I, I could, I could put uh, a post up every day on something, and uh, and it and it could actually be a moment in the day where I'm having a great time. But overall, everything has gone to shit. <laughs> and and so if my friends are looking at that they're going oh you know Christine's having an awesome time or she's doing this that or the other and uh, I know I I I actually wrote a blog about this recently because I realized I'd fallen down the trap of letting that affect me and and feeling like my god you know what's wrong with me everyone's having this glamorous life and i'm not <laughs> it's definitely
2: a lot of comparison and it's um it's not good for us yeah um, um, yeah <laughs> there, there's um there's some lyrics from a drake song um that he recently released him and, and it was talking about you know social media and what what's it? yes uh, i gotta will paraphrase here I'm just paraphrasing's
1: good paraphrasing's good we we can reference what's the name do you know the name of the song
2: it's called it's Emotionless.
1: Emotionless, right. okay. Yeah,
2: but kind of like, you know, people here are fake and they got nothing to give. Um, oh, I always hear people complain about the place that they live because they've been staring at somebody else's version of, of shit, with you know, at social media. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um, I know a girl whose one goal was to visit Rome. When she finally got to Rome, all she did was post pictures for people at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, instead of experiencing Rome. Because
2: <laughs> all that mattered was impressing everybody she's known.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: So it's um. Yeah, and then he, he goes on to say, "Oh no, another girl that's crying out for help, but her latest caption is, leave me alone.'"
1: Right. Yeah.
2: It's it's, uh, it's a paradox, and we haven't quite adapted to to the world of social media just yet.
1: Well, a part of that as well, and this sort of goes back to your breaking down the stigma, the this education that that uh, uh, and, uh, that that life is this. I mean, it, it, it's still even in the mythology, and it's in the mythology of the princess and the prince meets the prince, and they sail off into the sunset and do happily ever after, and da, da da da. And so, our our cultural influence from a very early age is this extraordinarily amazing life, and uh, and if we if we fail in having that extraordinary amazing life then oftentimes uh we can't reconcile that and so so there is a breaking down of the illusion that life is this amazing magic carpet ride through through uh ease and whatever else like that and it's just not
2: no definitely we we definitely talk about that in schools um yeah you know, life's all of their ups and downs, and you know when it 's up, enjoy it, but when it's yeah. down you need to learn how to be resilient um, I, I suppose resilience is something we we learn less and less about now um, new generations are learning less and less about resilience
1: yeah I, and I would agree with that uh, uh, when i uh, it's the sort of like the over-coddling, molly coddling of children when i was a, when I was a kid um, uh, and the the danger hasn't increased so this is just a, a different sort of cultural experience we had to walk or ride to school and it didn't matter what the weather
2: exactly okay. and, <laughs> you
1: know if it was pouring with rain well you'll get wet
2: and, and then and, you'll you know, dry, you know <laughs> you'd only get you'd get a trophy if you won or came second or third not if you participated
1: yeah 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 and yeah. um
2: we're, we're, in a way we're setting them setting them up for failure
1: yeah everyone's
2: expecting to get something just because they show up
1: yeah it is it is it is uh it's interesting on the other side of that then you see uh some of the remarkable young people uh rising through the ranks uh, definitely it's
2: not to to say everyone i'm just saying that's kind of
1: yeah 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 and these are the challenges of parenthood it's it's uh, it's because certainly there's the school system but there is also how, how are you raising your children at, at home what is that what is that as you're about to discover
2: oh yes <laughs> oh
1: yes and, and also recognizing that no matter how hard you try at being a really exemplary parent you're going to screw it up
2: like i said that textbook it soon goes out the window
1: yeah, and uh, I, in my, one of the previous interviews, um, Simon Kalinowski said, um, uh, "I've got to, I've got to make sure that my son has something to go to therapy for."
2: <laughs> I like that.
1: <laughs> so it's a, it's it's the it's the acceptance that human that human existence is 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 literally the roller coaster it's, it's the glorious messy wonderful sometimes ugly uh, experience of life
2: well yeah joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't the pain um, yeah yeah sunshine wouldn't be as good if it wasn't you know for rain yeah <laughs> um, yeah well I mean saying that some people love the rain, so, especially yeah. if you're a farmer out west at the moment but yeah, what I'm saying is, while it's up, yeah, take you love it, take it and run with it. But while it's down, it won't always be down. We just got to learn how to get through that. Yeah. What we need to put in place and to help us get through it.
1: Right. So, just um, what what does he- healthy masculinity mean to you?
2: For me, it's finding what works for you. If that is going and playing netball, which is yeah, that's what you do. That's mm-hmm. what you go do. It's for me vulnerability again. Um,
1: yeah.
2: If you don't know something, put your hand up, ask for the answers, mm-hmm. and for me, that's what that is.
1: Okay, very nice. So it is, it is, it is, being who you are in your own skin
2: and being comfortable with it.
1: Yeah, and being comfortable with it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, Very... No one can be you. We're all unique, um, and, and no one else, because there's no such thing as a life that's better than yours, pretty much.
1: That's a nice quote. Very nice. Very that's nice. That's from another.
2: That's from another rapper. All my wisdom comes from rappers.
1: All right, there you go. Who was the rapper? Which one? You better we better one's... give attribution to the rapper.
2: His name is J Cole. J Cole.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'd say the quote again for me.
2: Uh no such thing as a life that's better than yours.
1: No such thing as a life that's better than yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you rap?
2: Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm quite self aware and I and I, I am self aware I'm, I'm self aware enough to know that that is not one of my strengths.
1: Okay. But you can enjoy you can appreciate enjoy others.
2: I can appreciate it. Definitely. I can uh, not appreciate it. If it's me, that's doing it.
1: Okay. All right. All right. So in this current, in the current sort of environment that we have, how do you feel about the changing nature of the role of men um, and women?
2: Well, for me, I probably came up in the era that that is very open and very accepting of it. Um, for me, it's, it's never been a problem. I like can, a I can acknowledge and admit that that problem is there and that barrier is there. But for me, it's never really played a role in my life because I've always been raised or, or you know, I've always treated people as my equals no matter who they are and where they're from. Um, mm-hmm. But I can definitely admit and acknowledge that that, that this has been a, a massive problem over over time. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to sound naive or arrogant. For me, it hasn't been a, a problem Um, directly in my life because I've always treated people with, you know, the way I want to be treated.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. And so what, what about when you see, um, when you're, uh, with other guys, other, uh, who may not have that stand sort of in the public sort of space, because this is something that's sort of coming up is we can, we can stand by and witness, um, and i 'll give you an example i 'll give you a personal example i, I uh, as a as a as a runner i 've trained i've spent most of my life training running with running with the boys and when you do that you there 's not many subjects that aren 't discussed <laughs> when you 're the only female with a bunch of guys. Out running for a couple of hours, yeah. <laughs> so there's not much that's not discussed. Most of it, I, I, I've, I is just purely the boys just being boys, and I've never really taken any offence to it or anything else like that. But there are occasions where you come across something that is is really an inappropriate uh, response to something. And I know I in my self confession that I've never said anything or done anything about that. I've just let it let it I have to this point, you know, that may change now, but I have to this point just let it roll. It's like, okay, uh, because I believe that our level of political correctness and so on is kind of a little overdone and out of context that yeah so that's what I'm meaning I'm meaning when on the occasions that you see something and you realize that the energetic that or the the sort of like the intention that is being held by the man and this can be it can happen the other way around as well it can happen with the woman but by the man is um is disparaging disregarding um belittling all of that sort of stuff towards um it doesn't matter even whether it's a woman but you know is that um, so the question I'm asking is, uh, how do you? If that happens to you now, is are you choosing a different response to that in this current environment, or how are you approaching that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I suppose that it's easy for me to say now, not in that moment. You know, this I'm in a I'm in a conversation here that has no variables. We're we're just having a conversation about a topic. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to say that I would treat that that moment or or that experience with, I'd, I don't know if I'm having a, a son or a daughter, uh, but I yeah. could, let's let's use my mum for example. I'd like to relate my mum to it and say, how would I like my mum to be treated right. in this situation? And yes, it's very easy for me to say right now when I'm not caught up in, in whatever moment that is. Yeah. But for me, I would like to take that step back and say, would I like my mum or, or my wife to be treated like this or my mother-in-law? And mm-hmm. you know, if, if that was a no, it, you know, no, I would not like them to be treated this way, then it's on me to do something about that, you know, in that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. Whatever
2: that may be at the time.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's it's just it, sometimes it's just a reminder that that might not be appropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Um okay. I've been guilty
2: of it in the past, and it's not through malice or an intent. I grew up playing rugby league, um, and and growing up, uh, sorry, through my 20s, one of our trainers, um, <laughs> she was a very, very amazing lady. Uh, and sometimes yeah. you just completely forget she's there, and you had no yeah. intentions of, you know, offending her. And I must admit, we never did, or not that we know of. But you'd, when you're – aware that she was there you'd rein it in and you wouldn't you know wouldn't walk around naked or you wouldn't do certain things that would make her uncomfortable
1: right right okay yeah that is a good example um very nice so all right is there anything else that you um that you would like to add to this uh, before we sort of sign off anything that you'd really like to say to people listening
2: Uh, well Something I, I always like to end with when we're talking about the work that we do, it's, you know, we, we all have the potential to save our lives or or someone else's. So please don't forget that. It's quite powerful to know that. Like, it, if if you notice something isn't quite right with someone around you, please reach out and, and be prepared to have that conversation because you could save that life. And and, and and with yourself, if there's something in your life that is, you know, that is... It could be a multitude of things, but they're stopping you from doing the things that you normally enjoy doing or normally mm-hmm. do. Then it is best to be proactive, get on the front foot, and reach out for support. And that support could be friends, it could be family, it could be your boss at work, or or it could be the professional services that are out there. So there is no shame in asking, putting your hand up and asking for help because at some stage we all need help.
1: Yeah. At some stage, at many stages, we all need help.
2: <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, we, we, there's the analogy or the metaphor of like, you know, a glass of water, you can hold that up above your head for, you know, maybe a couple of hours. But at some stage, that that white glass, you're going to drop it and you're going to spill it everywhere. And you can compare that to your life or, or what you're currently going through. You might be able to shoulder it and carry that burden or, or whatever it is for a while. But at some point, there's going to be a tipping point and it's most of the time it's going to explode
1: right and so ideally address that the point before it becomes a tipping point
2: definitely proactive Yeah, you know, proactiveness is is key
1: great very good is so proactiveness
2: you, a word yeah
1: yeah Pro- proactive will do nicely thank you very much
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I, I i i make words up all the time one of my favorites yeah. at the moment is adulting
2: adulting well that's that's probably in some sort of dictionary. There's there's a lot of different dictionaries now. Yeah. So
1: uh, what 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 does it mean to be adulting? <laughs> Growing up on a day-to-day basis. So uh, Casey, lovely, how, how do people uh reach you, uh reach Livin um and so on? And we will of course have all of this in the show notes.
2: Uh website ww.livin livin.org and then our socials are i think we've consolidated them all now and they all have the handle living.org
1: okay great fantastic. for a while it
2: was kind of here there and everywhere and i believe we've gotten them all under the one name yeah
1: okay all right fantastic well i really um hats off to you uh for the work that you do and uh, for its value in the world for uh, you. for you as a person and how you're showing up and being a role model uh, role models always figure out that they've got to, they fall down and they've got to get back up and continue on the path of being a role model. So congratulations for that, and uh, and yeah, thank you so much for taking part in this. Really appreciate well,
2: it. Thank you for for giving myself and and many other people a platform to to share their experiences.
1: Mm, it's, a, it's a pleasure, lovely. Thanks.
2: Thank you.
0: To listen to more of these conversations and access the show notes, visit 223am.com. That's the number two, the number two, the number three am.com and experience a whole new kind of success and fulfillment. If you've got what it takes, experience a session directly with Dr. Christine McDougall. Visit 223am.com and apply now. Thanks for listening.